0: Turning his head to look, it was his habit to walk swiftly in the street even by day, and whenever he found himself in the city late at night, he hurried on his way apprehensively and excitedly. Sometimes, however, he courted the causes of his fear. He chose the darkest and narrowest streets, and as he walked boldly forward, the silence that was spread about his footsteps troubled him. The wandering, silent figures troubled him and at times a sound of low fugitive laughter made him tremble like a leaf. He turned to the right towards Capel Street, Ignatius Gallagher, on the London Press, who would have thought it was possible eight years before. Still, now that he reviewed the past, little Chandler could remember many signs of future greatness in his friend. People used to say that Ignatius Gallagher was wild, Of course, he did mix with a rakish set of fellows at that time, drank freely, and borrowed money on all sides. In the end, he had got mixed up in some shady affair, some money transaction. At least, that was one version of his flight. But nobody denied him talent. There was always a certain something in Ignatius Galahad that impressed you in spite of yourself. Even when he was out at elbows and at his wit's end for money, he kept up a bold face. Little Chandler remembered, and the remembrance brought a slight flush of pride to his cheek, one of Ignatius Gallagher's sayings when he was in a tight corner. Half-time now, boys, he used to say light-heartedly. Where's my considering cap? That was Ignatius Gallagher all out, and damn it, you couldn't but admire him for it. Little Chandler quickened his pace. For the first time in his life, he felt himself superior to the people he passed. For the first time, his soul revolted against the dull inelegance of Capel Street. There was no doubt about it. If you wanted to succeed, you had to go away. You could do nothing in Dublin. As he crossed Grattan Bridge, he looked down the river towards the lower keys and pitied the poor stunted houses. They seemed to him a band of tramps, Huddled together along the river banks, their old coats covered with dust and soot, stupefied by the panorama of sunset, and waiting for the first chill of night to bid them arise, shake themselves, and begone. He wondered whether he could write a poem to express his idea. Perhaps Gallagher might be able to get it into some London paper for him. Could he write something original? He was not sure what idea he wished to express but the thought that a poetic moment had touched him took life within him like an infant hope. He stepped onward bravely. Every step brought him nearer to London, farther from his own sober, inartistic life. A light began to tremble on the horizon of his mind. He was not so old, thirty-two. His temperament might be said to be just at the point of maturity. There were so many different moods and impressions that he wished to express in verse. He felt them within him. He tried to weigh his soul to see if it was a poet's soul. Melancholy was the dominant note of his temperament, he thought, but it was a melancholy tempered by recurrences of faith and resignation and simple joy. If he could give expression to it in a book of poems, perhaps men would listen. He would never be popular, he saw that. He could not sway the crowd. But he might appeal to a little circle of kindred minds. The English critics, perhaps, would recognise him as one of the Celtic school by reason of the melancholy tone of his poems. Besides that, he would put in allusions. He began to invent sentences and phrases from the notice which his book would get. Mr Chandler has the gift of easy and graceful verse. A wistful sadness pervades these poems. The Celtic note. It was a pity his name was not more Irish-looking. Perhaps it would be better to insert his mother's name before the surname. Thomas Malone Chandler, or better still, T. Malone Chandler. He would speak to Gallagher about it. He pursued his reverie so ardently that he passed his street and had to turn back. As he came to Nicholas's, his former agitation began to overmaster him, and he halted before the door in indecision. Finally, he opened the door and entered. The light and noise of the bar held him at the doorway for a few moments. He looked about him, but his sight was confused by the shining of many red and green wine glasses.